What's up, guys? It's Spills here. Um, I apologize for the audio video quality. I'm not necessarily set up to do a traveling podcast at the moment. Uh, recording off my MacBook, which has a broken fan. Um, that's what you're going to see the buzz. And um, it just doesn't let me do the audio and video correctly. Um, the, it starts lagging if I get anything more than 720p. So uh, that's what I had to stick with. Um, I also got to Jack's house at around 6.30 on uh, Friday. I had also been drinking heavily Thursday night because I was off and uh, we didn't get there until later. Um, I needed to set up the podcast immediately um, and we were on time constraints because of my birthday celebration at the end in Nashville that night. Um, So I had to do all of it in about two and a half hours, maybe three hours. Um, If I'm being completely honest, this was probably the hardest time I had doing a podcast individually um, and it definitely shows in my personality uh, on this. So I just want everyone to be aware of that. Uh, But the other three definitely killed this podcast and I definitely want their words to reach the people. So you know what? Uh, I'm going to try my best to get this one out. Uh, Much love. Spills. All right, y'all. Welcome back to Your House, Our Rules, my podcast Uh, out here in Nashville, Tennessee for the weekend. Living it up for my birthday a bit, so we're out here drinking oh, a couple beers, getting rowdy, and you know, doing the damn thing. Um, Cheers. So I came down here to literally. Actually, before we do that, before we get into that topic, let's introduce everyone. Fucking, I know you guys remember Jack and Dalton from a, a previous episode, so we won't introduce them. But Chewy, go ahead and introduce yourself. How's it going, I'm Chewy? Uh, I'm 25. I'm originally from California. Uh, moved out here uh, with the army, and uh, when I was in training. They told me you're going to Fort Campbell, Kentucky. And being a Cali boy, I'm like, fucking Kentucky? I'm yeah. like, dude, there's probably two teeth in the whole state, you know? Right, right. But um, Fort Campbell's like an hour away, 45 minutes from Nashville. My buddy, my buddy Colin, who actually was on this podcast, was stationed at Fort Campbell. Is that right? Oh, yeah. Anyone in Clarksville. Yeah. yeah, anyone in Clarksville. Yeah. But um, I was so wrong about that. I, I met an amazing group of people, and um, it's been a really beautiful ride. And I've been here for like five years now. And um, I don't regret it at all. Yeah, happy to have you here, man. Yeah, happy to have you here too. Even though I live up in Cincinnati, celebrity guest. You know, same thing. I tell people all the time when I come down here. I'm like, I got like a second family in Nashville, like yeah, and real California, family and shit. But, Ohio, Tennessee. Yeah, but came down here for the weekend. You know, have a little Nashville celebration and stuff like that for my birthday. Uh, and Dalton was gracious enough to offer me some tickets to uh, this uh, show at the Caverns with Caverns, Charles the yeah. First. And on my way down here, R.I.P. <laughs> on my way down here, a guy sends me a, a screenshot of something from Facebook and it said that Charles the First overdosed on fentanyl. And I was like, this is a pretty reliable dude. I was like, I don't think this is... Well, I call I bullshit. This, and, and you did call bullshit because I sent in the group tech message. I was like 30 minutes into my drive down here. And uh, uh, yeah, I was like, I was like, let's see. And then I got uh, Bailey, my friend, um, called me up and was like... Yo, did you hear that Charles the First died because she knew I was coming down here? And I was like, okay, at this point, it's it's out, and like he, he's definitely done for. And you hit me up, and you're like, are we still are you still coming down here? I'm like, yeah, bro, I'm, I'm coming down. We're gonna party. It's Gibbs this week birthday this weekend, but kind of get some up, reactions dude. from y'all about the Charles the First. I mean, Chewy, you you're like a pretty big Charles the First fan, aren't you? Dude, I am. Fuck, I, it was your idea. Well, you yeah. have to go to the caverns for sure. I, um. I actually drove 16 fucking hours to go see him in Wyoming. It was earlier, wow. like, it was like in spring or whatever. And it was it was a two-day event. It was probably one of the most beautiful events ever. It was just a little curated deal. And he brought the coolest underground dudes ever. And his sets. Wait, where like, did you go? Where was it? It was Wyoming. Wyoming? It's like an hour north of uh, Denver. And you, you drove know? from here? Yeah, from here, bro. It's, wow. it's quite a minute. Um, it, how long of a drive was that? Six, 16 hours. 16 hours? Yeah. Okay. One shot. <laughs> 16 hours, and you got to see Charles the First. Charles the First and Charles the Second, because he played two days, both of both of his days. Oh, okay. So he does like it when he plays a two-day set or whatever, he does a Charles the Second. No, it was just me being was, funny. Oh, okay. I was cruising around the festival <laughs> telling, hey, y'all ready for this Charles the Second? No. Well, oh, what yeah. is it that you like so much about him? Man, it's um, it's kind of it's like it's emotional music. Like, first it's bassy. It's heavy. It's slow. Love that. And his uh, melodic, melodic, just so just pretty, man. It just makes you feel calm, feel good, and like he's he's like a pioneer of a whole subgenre. I think we were talking about that earlier. Like, yeah, yeah. I mean, I I don't listen to much Charles the First. I know Sam, uh, who's a really good friend of mine, listens to him a lot. So um, 
he always tries to put me on because he knows I have like heavy hip hop influences and stuff like that. And he's like, dude, Charles the First, who apparently does his own like hip hop vocals and stuff like that. Mm. Yeah, he has a super creative like underground fucking thing with him. I just never really resonated with his music all that much. Never mm. really. Never really checked him out all that much either. Well, so. he's, got, he's got his side project, Hawk, where he actually does rap on his shit. Yeah, that's all it is, tight. yeah. Bro, honestly, like, he, uh, he's super inspirational to me for that reason mm-hmm. outside of electronic music because he does, like, he's actually, like, a poet. Like, uh, a lot of, like, yeah, the bigger yeah. producers, like, Of The Trees and stuff have talked about, like, how he's he writes poetry. Yeah, and Of The Trees is in, actually supposed to be there, too. Mm-hmm, yeah. Which is another amazing producer. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, he talks about how, like, his poetry is really moving. Like, he's actually, like, he's one of those people who, whatever his musings are, whatever inspires him, he's able to turn it into something that's beautiful and relatable, which mm-hmm. honestly is what art is about. Something that relates, you know, exactly. one feeling from one person to another. Uh, so he was incredible for that. Um, I know the first time I saw Charles the First, I had discovered him about a year before, but I saw him Electric Forest 2018. He played one of the smaller stages, really late night. Um, I'll never forget it. I was there with Matthew Walden, Gary Walden, and Justin, my brother, and we were all just super drunk, piled against this tree, and he came out and uh, opened up with this track, Kara, which is my favorite Charles the First track, mm-hmm. and it was just so moving, man. I'm really grateful for the times I got to see him, and for real RIP to a legend in the scene. Yeah, a, a, a goddamn legend in the scene. I, I would consider him a goat for sure. Yeah, yeah he's he's up there. He's, yeah. It's very arguable. Sad day for Nashville. Sad. Know, day, I mean, I it sucks that. that he died here. Sad yeah. day. I mean, he's but he. You know, I think he's from originally. Uh, Maybe Lake Tahoe, something like that. I'm not sure. Yeah, or, uh, I, it's and he, I think he, Nevada mountains. I, okay, area. yeah, and he lived, I think, in, in Colorado. I think mm-hmm. he lived in Denver, mm-hmm. I believe. Yeah. I'm pretty sure. And unfortunately, there's just not enough known because this happened on the car ride down here, and like I set up this podcast immediately after walking in Jack's door. So it, it it's been what like four or five hours since it's been released, so we don't know yeah. all that much about it. But yeah. apparently, it was a fentanyl overdose. Yeah, and it just goes yeah. down to one of those things where. Uh, it really need to be known if it was intentional or not, because I know there are some people who fucking like that shit right. for whatever reason or get hooked on that that's shit. Really hard to believe. Or yeah, that's hard to believe. It's probably like a Mac Miller type thing. Yeah. yeah and you know, it's, it really blows my mind how one of these big dudes can this can happen to because you figure like you're a huge time DJ or like any kind of celebrity, like you figure you'd get decent quality, you know, drugs. Yeah, or at least well, have like a lot of test kits, right? I bet a to, lot of it has to do with being out on the road. That's man. that's it. To touch yeah, on yeah. that is just you're on tour, and honestly, at a certain point, you are trusting what someone else tells you, and your connections may not be what they are. Where else you go? Well, honestly, with, I think that's that's what it is. I mean, well, it's, with that being known, wouldn't you have a fucking box of strips at all times? Like, if you know you have to just go rely on anybody across the states, like you well, keep box of strips. The funny thing is about fentanyl strips, and something that not a lot of people know is. You can test a bag, and it'll test for no fentanyl because you might hit a spot where there truly is no fentanyl. Fentanyl doesn't have to be, it's such a tiny microscopic amount that could be in the bag. So you may test for no fentanyl and then hit that spot, and you don't really need much more than a grain of sand that could OD you. That is yeah. just the truth fentanyl, about fentanyl. Yeah. That's so weird. But yeah, then what's the point of putting it in drugs if it's only what it, be- what it comes down to, honestly, is... A, a, an incredible lack of moral compass by whoever it is yeah. producing these things, and um, it's just really sad. Well, even economically, weird. though, because now the dealer has to buy his drugs and then also buy fentanyl, so it doesn't make sense why, like... A lot, from what I understand, a lot of people use fentanyl as a way to give it an extra little kick. Pack a punch. Yeah, to help it pack a punch, but it, like Jack was saying before, it's such a minuscule amount that you're actually taking that fucking... You can't really... Those people, right? Especially if you're just fucking like, yeah. Have you ever seen Ozark? Oh, great. In Ozark, they fucking they they do some shit with fentanyl and like they they fucking put it in this fucking big batch of I think it was heroin that they had. And like it's one of those things like you're going to drop it in there and fucking mix it up. Mm -hmm. It's like there's this much fucking heroin. There's this little fucking fentanyl Mm -hmm. and you're mixing it up. Fucking unless you mix it really well, fucking someone could get a fucking a little bit more than they need to. Mm -hmm. So. Speaking of that, when's the new season? Ozark. I don't know, but apparently it's the last season, which is going to be I fucking need. rock. Who is Jelaine Maxwell? She was actually a financer for Jeffrey Epstein. Yeah. Um, and I, don't, I don't feel like we need to really get too deep into the Jeffrey Epstein stuff. I know everyone's tired of it, but 
I mean, let's give some background for people who fucking might not know who Glenn is, because uh, Jeffrey Epstein is someone who everyone knows about, but fucking Glenn, not necessarily. Yeah, I've never and, even heard of her. Uh, and, well, she was his ex-wife, and, like, apparently uh, uh, heavily involved with uh, his, like, pedophile island and shit like that. Um, and apparently was like a financer and fucking helped run the operation. And if you watch the documentary that uh, they have on Netflix about it, like they put Ghislaine in the spaceship or, or they put like Jeffrey Epstein up in the fucking side of the painting within like the spaceship. And like Ghislaine is just like front and center of this chick who beca- who got raped by Jeffrey Epstein mm-hmm. and fucking put um, put she became an artist and she drew like the, this giant picture of like. Maybe. Like, it was, like, this super, like, abstract-type picture and shit, and it depicted all the people involved in it and stuff like that, and, like, Ghislaine was fucking front and center in it. So, it kind of uh, leads you to believe that maybe she was a little bit more involved with this than even fucking Jeffrey Epstein was. So, the, the, the trial that we're having is pretty important because we didn't get one with Jeffrey Epstein, so now that this is happening... Um, yeah, I guess we'll we'll have to find out what's going on. Well, but hang on, the thing about it though, like in like you touched on it, they they speak on this. It's uh Jeffrey Epstein is known as like this this monster, and he should be. But she was the one who was speaking to these girls, mm-hmm. who was gaining yeah, their trust, oh, no. who was manipulating no. them and leading them to where he was. And like yeah. she was, uh, there's there's numerous reports of her. Not only uh, manipulating the girls, but uh, the people who worked these these um, estates and things. Like it was very much so. Like you can't speak about anything that goes on here. Mm-hmm. So she was literally profiting, literally profiting from the immense pain and suffering that she caused on Amazing. who knows how many people. And that's just like fucking. As much as I believe in humanity, that kind of shit always checks me. It's like, bro, there are these people. There are all these people who are just greedy and selfish, and they don't give a fuck the damage they do, as long as it helps them out. Mm-hmm. And it's it is disgusting. I don't know how you get that way. They do some background on her. I couldn't recall it. They do some years old. Yeah. Well, I mean, how long has this really been going on? I mean, you, you know? got oh, dude, you the fucking the, when the 30, documentary, the people are from the nineties. Yeah. Fucking. I, and the thing about it is, too, no one really knew who fucking Jeffrey Epstein was unless you were, like, an elite person and stuff like that. Right. And fucking, it's, so it's kind of the same with Glenn, so. Mm-hmm. Uh, party, uh, party, they were party socialites. There were people that were all these high-functioning mm-hmm. uh, social events who, you know, rubbed elbows with the most powerful people in the world, and it became this thing where, what's your most wild fantasy? I can provide it for you for the right amount of cash. Oh, and that's man. just so dark. And that's, like, honestly, the ass end of what comes from yeah. a capitalistic Selfish, and it, greedy. So, like, it makes you question. Just, it makes you question things too. Like Alex Jones mm-hmm. fucking talking about this shit, and everyone's just like, "Oh, Alex Jones is crazy." And then right. some shit comes out like this, and you're like, "Well, right. maybe we should listen to the dude who's talking about us being a swarm fucking species, and we're fucking uh, food for like six dimensional vampires and shit like that." I mean, there's obviously oh. a lot of bullshit there, but there's there's you know like there is a lot of. Um, there's there is some truth, some nuggets of truth that comes from like these degrees of conspiracy theories, but you always do have to be you have to remain skeptical to some degree. Um, and well, in know, everything you have to remain skeptical. One hundred percent, you should remain skeptical. Without okay, but when evidence, the Clinton administration is involved, yeah, yeah when there's the these high high involved. profile, the royal family and right. the Clintons, like you said, fucking right. and all involved everybody, in you know. I hear all week. Well, it's not it's not able to be proven that they were involved, but they've been like. Pictured with fucking Epstein right. and stuff like that. Right. Right. So, right. And everyone's yeah. mad it's not being publicized. So I know you don't watch the news, but like, let it be any racial dispute, dispute, and it's going to be all over every new channel you have. But mm-hmm. something so big as this just is going to get so up under the rug, unfortunately. Well, that's what comes with the fact that all our major news outlets are run and uh, funded by the most powerful people in the world. So they do dictate yeah. what gets put in our faces. Um, and yeah, bipartisan too. When we're ready, I want to do a terrible your house our rules segue into something that's relatable to this. Well, go so ahead, man. I, yeah. I, well, I go ahead. You, got, you said something about the island, and I've heard about the island. Have they proven that the the island is an actual real thing? Yeah, yeah, yeah no, yeah, for yeah. sure. It's a, uh, in the Virgin Islands where they took people. It's a hundred percent a real thing. Oh, and God. there's there's flight records with names bear, names so, on it. So some of the people testifying during this trial this week, uh, one of the people was saying, I think it was New Mexico. There's a ranch in New Mexico. I mean, just in the middle of nowhere. Mm-hmm. Okay. So there's no telling 
How many times? Okay. So I remembered something about the trial now that you say that or whatever. Um, a lot of the thing that they're having in the trial is um, a lot of those girls that they were grooming and stuff like that. Testifying. They came from backgrounds that were like entertainment industry and stuff like that. Mm. And I remember they were talking about like the lawyers really testing this one witness about it. Like, like, are you telling the truth right now or are you exacting? Because she's a famous actor right now. Sure, sure. They refer to her as Jane in the in the manuscript or whatever mm. because she's like an actual like well-known actress. Interesting. Know? And uh, she's, so they're not using her real name. That kind of make, makes me think like it. If they're in the entertainment industry, that could be very easily manipulated. Like, we have money, we can make it big. That's what they did, yeah. And it's come out that they used these people in, like, Miami and stuff like that. And they, they, they they were going down to, like, camps and stuff where all these, like... Young aspiring singers would go and stuff like that, and that's where they were praying. That was like right. a prayer ground and shit like that. Which is similar to the like the Harvey Weinstein thing. It's the same thing. It's you get these big powerful people who here's your big break. You know, like the, the you know, like it's the whole fucking um, I'll give you, like the casting couch thing. Here's your chance. What what are you willing to do? That's exactly yeah, what it out. is, man. Yeah, and it's terrible, but that and is that is the state of it. Like fucking it's literally apparently that shit happens in L.A. All the fucking time. Bro. I would I've imagine podcasts of people who have been like, "I'm." There's these well-known chicks that have fucked their way to the top. Right. Yeah. I'll it's never. Yeah, it's fucking what you're willing to do and doing yeah. that to a young, impressionable mind and being an intelligent person who's sure. fucking trying to prey on this person makes for a fucking right. real fucked up combination. Excuse my ignorance. So, how young are we talking here? They well, were they weren't like kids. They were 15, like teenagers, 16. like 14, 15. Yeah, yeah it depends on on who we're talking about and yeah there's definitely varying ages and I mean all of it's just it's, and it's incredibly there could have been shit going on that fucking we don't even know about but right. the ones that have stepped forward have generally been like from the 14 to the 16 years which honestly like it makes you really think about like uh, the, the parents as well because you have parents who are knowingly putting their children in this position because they probably understand that it'll lead to some kind of financial benefit benefit which is uh, interesting. I mean, being a parent and understanding. I mean, I know I would like more money, but there is literally nothing I would do to put my son through something that would cause him trauma or harm for a financial gain on my end. So I don't even understand that. Uh, but people are different. People. So I, think, I think. It, I think a lot of that is people like. <laughs> Maybe not necessarily having the proof that it's happening and kind of turning. A, a yeah, it's like eye. A, a willing blind eye. Yeah, it's a willing yeah. blind eye. I think a lot you of it's coming that you don't know. So yeah, right. Yeah, and uh, we don't. I, I don't know what it's like to be one of these girls who has been traumatized like that or something like that. Maybe they won't go up and fucking tell them that this is happening. Like well, Maybe they just think that this is a kind fucking old man who's fucking got a lot of money trying to fucking get. A young aspiring artist to sure, yeah, yeah, sure. So I mean, but the shit happens in the fucking industry, and fucking what what happened with the the Epstein case and shit like that is it fucking got unveiled, yeah. and I, at the highest level. I have a question for you. So you said you wouldn't do anything to traumatize your son. Would you do anything to traumatize yourself for it? Good question. Like if I, if if I were to get like like uh, financially benefit like benefit from it, yes. Or, Oh yeah, I mean I'm a grown man, so well, like yeah, I that would, would be different. Sure. That would be different. Like you know, like I, I've always made the joke. Um, I'd God, suck a dick for a crack rock and <laughs> Is that what you want no, to hear him say? Hang on. Uh, what, what is it? Fucking uh, um, bands will make her dance. Like I always made the joke. Like well, fuck yeah, bands will make me dance. Well, Someone throw a thousand. I've actually uh, weird will, thing. I've I actually back it up and dump I've it. I've actually been a male stripper before. I made good money doing it. I'm not ashamed of that. But I'm a grown man. <laughs> I can I can make that decision. So the difference is good money is five hundred bucks. If you're making that decision for another person who can't properly weigh the um, the possible traumatic effects, I think that's the line where it needs to be drawn. Right, but absolutely, I do believe I'm very. I'm, you guys know I'm friends with a lot of sex workers. I support their if they can make the proper cognitive decision to uh, do certain things that are going to benefit them. Then absolutely. So the next absolutely. step down that that question would be: Would you have done it at sixteen? Because, no. Well, that, I, well, that comes into the point that he touched on on you not necessarily being uh, cognizant yet sure. of what you're what you're doing and not being not doing that because right. And if we're gonna like talk about that, like was I intelligent and mature for a sixteen year old? Absolutely. Was my frontal lobe fully developed and could I actually reason out what those right. effects would be? No. And I think that's where you draw the line, and that's what our society tries to do. We don't do a great job. 
But that's what we try I to mean, do by setting limits and expecting people to respect those limits, but they just don't. Everyone grows at their own age. Like, Absolutely. Taylor, your sister, fucking grew up way too fucking much. Dude, sure. And uh, fucking, you're yes. talking to us like, Taylor? like fucking a grown woman for most of our entire lives. Mm, but really. it's one of those things where, like, when you think about it, they make the 18-year-old find a, a kind of draw-off. And some people might need more time than that than other people. Definitely. And I met, those, like, people. Like, I met those people. It's one of those things where you kind of just allow that one to happen because, like, I know fucking me now, me myself at 24, me myself at 21, me myself at 18, and I was so stupid. Right. At all of those ages. Yeah. And it just progressively got smarter and smarter, and I still don't know shit. Right. Still don't. Yeah. I'm a smart 34-year-old. I'm still dumb as fuck. I still right. make really stupid decisions. All the, every time I correct my son, and I really get on to him, after we settle down, I always tell him, like, hey, just so you know, I'm proud of you. You're doing good, and you're going to always make mistakes. And I always tell him after that, I'm like, just so you know, because he looks up to me like, he thinks I'm just like this superhero. He's like, you know, he always tells me, Daddy, you're so smart. I'm like, yeah, I am. And I still make real dumb mistakes all oh, yeah. the fucking oh, time, yeah. dude. I'm still learning, still growing. And that's the way any oh, decent human that, being should be, honestly, is they that, should always continue to grow. Yeah, and, and that's what it is with the failure. I've taken every failure in my life as a learning experience. Absolutely. I, I'm okay with failing. So, so I want to go and pause it there. The last time you've been on here is what, six months, right, guys? Yeah, something like that. Big things have happened in the past six months. Sure. Um, Jack, you want to tell us about maybe your, your coaching experience, new job? I uh, got a new job. Yeah, well, uh, just... Chewy's got a lot going on. It's been a big six months. So, you know, the Maxwell case, I think we all know is fucked, right? Right, yeah. Um, we're not hearing what we want to hear. We're not seeing what we want to hear. Right. Um, Which is a shame. He likes to talk media. about things that's going on right now, but that's a messy situation. Yeah, um, and it's still a fucking trial that is unfolding. So. Yeah. We'll get back to that a little bit more. I need to do a little bit more research. I will admit that I put this one as a topic, and fucking, I, well, I, I just haven't had time to look into we'll it. We'll never way really know. Neither do until several years from now. Unfortunately, shit, we might even not even yeah, know. Yeah, probably never. We might not even know then. Right? Yeah. But big, thing, big things are coming. We're at the end of the year. You haven't been on here in six months. Mm-hmm. We've been up to man. Well, I, one of my biggest accomplishments, um, Wubs by the Waterfall happened. Oh, it, yeah. was, it almost went off without a hitch, and it was a beautiful experience. Anybody who wasn't there who sees this podcast, you should definitely give heavy consideration into coming for the 2022 iteration. For sure. Because it is going to be Junebug Ranch. Yep, Junebug Ranch down here in Cookville, Tennessee. Uh, the the tickets venue. are It's a great venue. Yeah. The tickets are super cheap, comparably to basically any other festival you're going to go to for three days. We have a lot of things that a lot of things other people don't offer. Um, another thing that happened is, as he mentioned, I started coaching my son's flag football team. Incredibly That's rewarding. So awesome. Just uh, dealing with kids, uh, dealing with my son in a very social setting, seeing these kids grow. Uh, one of the things I said to them, our last game was last Sunday, and we actually we went one and five, so not ideal, but I was very proud Trash. of him. <laughs> right. Well, one of the things I said to him, you know, because they were all disappointed because we, we, we lost a couple games uh, at the end of the year right in a row. And they were a little sad, but I told them, I was like, guys, think about our first practice. And this was important to me, like, just like I was trying to make sure I articulated it well. Remember our first practice when no one knew what a slant route was, when you could mm-hmm. hardly throw a perfect spiral, when you could, you know, all these things you couldn't do, and now you do them just off muscle memory. I said, that right there is growth. That's something you should be proud of, and that's something to build on. And I, I think, um, I don't know, I really do respect the position I had to yeah. coach young minds. Dude. I think they all handled it well. So It's honestly like a bucket list of mine. Yeah. To fucking coach my son's basketball too, team, just like yeah. my dad did for me right. back in the day. Yeah. Such yeah. A cool thing, yeah. it, it was honestly a beautiful... I went to go see one of the games, and mm. it was such a close game. Mm. It, everyone on both sidelines exactly. were so I, pumped. I'll tell you what, though. I remember I have a niece. Um, my, 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 my niece's name is Reese, and I remember going Reese, to one Reese. of her fucking... Saturdays. I remember going to one of her basketball games when she was in third grade. I gotta tell y'all, it was one of the most awful things I've ever. Had. <laughs> yeah, no, but I mean, where are you getting? The high? final score was three to two. <laughs> Soccer score, right? Yes, dude. right yeah, but, bro, I'll tell you what. In Cincinnati, my dad used to get the newspaper and read it all the time, and he would he would always fucking uh, be looking at the like sports, like the high school sports fucking uh, scores and shit like that. And he would pull up these fucking women's basketball games from around there, and it was like four to eighty-six. It was like, what is uh, going on in right. women's basketball in well, high school? They had a, they had a Michael Jordan, is what happened. Yeah. Yeah. But before we get off the subject, what 
one big thing I want to give you props on. I heard you tell this to your boy, you guys in the huddle. He, he said, "Daddy," and you're like, "No, I'm not daddy right now. I'm coach." I'm coach. 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 Oh, coach. No, I love, yeah. I love yeah. every time. Every, every, yeah. and he, he, every once in a while he would forget, but then the rest of the game he'd be like, "Coach, coach, I love that." Yeah. And then another thing is the first player that got like on the sidelines, somebody could come in was your son. Like, and that's respectable. Not like I'm the coach. You know, I'm my son's gonna play. Right. You know, the daddy ball. Don't yeah. play daddy ball. No, for sure. You can't be nepotistic. And I also, honestly, I punished Jack uh, three times during the season because he would get a little whiny. Mm. And I told him, sure. I said, look, I'm not going to tolerate oh, this. We're gonna, not going to tolerate this. He's going to have the hardest run out of all No, he, he yeah. will. Well, I, yeah. I, I try not to be, like, reverse nepotistic, but also, like, I will not accept I will, that. I, don't I will be fucking reverse nepotistic. No, I won't accept it. I told him straight up. I said, look, buddy, like, it's not always going to be easy. There's going to be times you get hurt. But I damn sure am not going to give you a break. Just like I wouldn't give any. And that's that's. That's what a coach should do. I should want. I want to drive you. I want to push you. Right. Um, I actually had uh, one of. I had two girls on my roster. I was the only team in a league of eight that had any girls, and somehow I ended up with both of them. But they were both a blessing. I see you post that no, guy. they were. They were. Uh, they were both a blessing. Uh, one of them though was incredibly shy. And this last practice before our game, she had a rough time all season. She came a long way, but this last practice before our game, she started breaking down because she just kept getting. I kept. I put. I was, putting her against different people and she kept getting burnt on routes right mm-hmm. and eventually she's just standing there and i was like tessa what's wrong and she wouldn't talk to me right mm. so i went her name was tessa, name was Te- tessa. Cool. so i went up to her and i said tessa i said come over here let me talk to you in private so i, I kneeled down and she, i could tell she was about to cry so i told her this story of mine when i was a junior at cheatham county where i forgot to bring my jersey for a game one day and coach finley would not put up with that shit. First no. thing he did when he found out I didn't bring my jersey for game day is he made me run stadiums for a full hour. Um, bro, it was like freezing cold outside. It was miserable. I cried the whole time. Like, I literally was in full tears just pushing through it. And I told her that. I said, look, I was a strong 17-year-old boy, mm-hmm. and I cried. And I, the whole point was I said, look, it's okay to feel these emotions. It doesn't make you any less tough or strong. I said, you cry right now and know that I'm not going to be any less proud of you. So let's go over and talk to your mom. You cried, and then you come back in. She cried and came back, practiced the rest of the day, and had a really good game, like one of the best games she had. She was confident. She tried hard. You know, she doesn't make a lot of plays, but that's growth. It gives her confidence, and that should be what I confidence think. Confidence is key. Bro. Confidence is key, and, and confidence makes you king. It's the only thing that separates you from the people who don't have it. Like, you, you have to be able to believe in yourself to achieve anything worth doing. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Yeah. One and five is rough. I mean, I'm I'm not gonna sit here and act like that's cool, bro. Um, right, it was tough. So you know, you got a lot of growth here. I'm gonna be the first one to say it. Right. You know, but I've, I'm a big advocate, and you learn so much more from losing. Yeah, uh, I know it's shitty, and it's hard to say to like little kids. Right. Um. But man, that's so big, man. I'm so proud of you. That that that's good. Well, cool. Um. I was talking right. to Chewy earlier about this, and yeah, I know this is your show, but I'm coming at you now. Nah, bro. Fucking go for it. Why? Why podcasts? What why made you? Podcast? What made you want to do a podcast? I've talked about it before, man. The reason why we started the podcast was because me, Max, and uh, Alex, who are all really good friends, uh, just fucking had some very good conversations, and we were like, you know what? We should just record this because you know, fucking podcasts are popping off and shit like that. Fucking, I think that we have shit. We say shit to each other that's entertaining. And that we could end up making a little bit something out of that. So we fiddled with the idea for a while. And one day came up where I was just like, you know what? Fuck it. We're doing this. All right. Who wants to throw down on these mics and this interface so we can start recording this fucking podcast? And they're like, fuck it. Threw me money. So I went ahead and do it. I've been one of those people who fucking... I'm a talker. I mean, y'all know this. Hell yeah. Fucking, I'm a talker. And like... Never. And a shit talker. Yeah, a big shit talker too. We're going to this show later on tonight. Fucking, we're going to go and we're going to party and shit like that. But that's not my element. My element is like after the fucking bar, after the fucking show. Love that. When we're just Love chilling that. and fucking. At the campsite. That, that's when I'm in my vibe, bro. Yeah. That's that's when I'm at my fucking best. Dude, at fucking, uh, remember Bucket of Crabs? Like the, the first Wubs, even though it technically wasn't yeah. a Wubs. Uh, it was for Jack's birthday or whatever. I remember uh, we were laying on this tarp and I was like, yo, um... Uh, they came out and they're like, yo, let's move it down here by the fire or whatever. We're trying to keep it down a little bit. And I was like, okay. Let me just Alibaba this fucking tarp, tarp over here. 
I kept telling people that I fly, flew it from down there, down like magic carpet style, <laughs> and fucking and shit like that. And I was absolutely on one. It was like seven in the fucking morning or yes. some shit like that. It, 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 like after everything was already over, we're just sitting around the fire, and like it was one of those moments where like I was sitting there talking. I looked around. I was like, damn, like why is everyone listening to me right now? <laughs> I was such ignorant a shit. Such a gift. ignorant shit. And, well, dude, just get. It's because you're very entertaining. It's always fun. And what I really love is when you get somebody that can match your energy. Yeah, right, I like you know? Jack. I like Jack, yeah. yeah. Yeah, when me and Jack get together, it's going to go one of two ways. It's either going to be really good or really bad. Because, like, as much as we love each other, we get on each other's fucking nerves, bro. Oh, it's like a perfect storm. As soon as I found out yeah. I was getting you guys here this weekend, I was like, oh, I'm not missing this for anything. Oh, no, for sure. Oh, well, that's honestly, that's why I came to Nashville. I, like we found out the, what happened, and the show was definitely canceled. And the, and homeboy, I, he actually called me. He was like, "Hey, but are you coming to the podcast?" Like, what the fuck are you talking about? He's like, "Dude, Keith is coming to Jack's house and doing a podcast." I'm like, "Well, I'm not gonna miss an opportunity to come see Keith." No, nah, for sure, bro. There's no I love way. the respect that I get down here, man. Fucking up in Cincinnati, I was actually talking to my uh, my friend uh, Max last weekend. I was like. We were sitting there, his brother's back in town. It was the first time I'd seen his brother. He just got out of the Marines. And, uh, dude, they were just capping on me all fucking night. Like, like or all fucking day, because we started day drinking. It was like fucking 10, 11 in the morning or something. Perfect. Yeah, fucking, well, that's me, Chris, and fucking Max, dude. We just get together, sit on a stoop, drink, get fucked up, and talk. Talk shit to each other. Why, why I did the podcast or whatever. But he was just fucking grilling me all night, as Chris always does and shit like that. And fucking, I told Max, I was like, damn, man, like, I'm chilling with, the, like, these newer, younger kids and shit, a little bit more in the fucking electronic community, because, like, Max and Chris are my old, old friends or whatever. Mm. I'm like, I'm like, I'm like the dad of that group. I get respect and shit. I was like, y'all don't give me Well, no yeah, damn you're not a kid anymore. You've been a kid, but how old are you now, today? I'm tw- uh, on the 15th, I'll be turning 28. Okay, yeah, that's, that's. You're in the wrong in your 20s. So, yeah. I, it fucking sucks, yeah. dude. I can't stand it. No, okay. bro. I know, and there's so much more to learn. Honestly, bro, the, thir- the 30s, 30s have been my favorite. I oh, had really? a lot of fun in my 20s. Uh, I mean, it does suck. Like, some things, like, you know, um, I deal with, like, you were talking about earlier, like, I have a, got that old football body, got some aches and pains. Bro, the 30s, bro, just gaining wisdom, uh, having just a little bit more control over my thoughts and emotions. Um mm-hmm. And I'm obviously blessed with a platform where I can make it an impact. Bro, I, just, I loved it. I've loved yeah. it so far. There's been ups and downs, absolutely. But um, yeah, man, 30s have been dope. Mm-hmm. I think it's gonna be cool. I can't. I'm getting a little bit of gray hairs, bro. I'm down for it. Embrace I'm ready. it. I'm ready to rock it, bro. It. I, I like the idea of growing. Bobby, I'm I'm on your side, brother. Since yeah, bro, I since I turned 18, the, the next year Ain't I was like shit. I was like I don't want any more birthday. I don't even celebrate my birthday anymore. Right, bro. After your fucking uh, for me it was the twenty first birthday. Yeah. But but after that it was like who gives a fuck anymore? Just slow down. Stop. Yeah. No, no. I, I can was, always beat up, brother. I'm trying to get somewhere. I'll tell you that. For me it was like right. the day after I turned thirty. Literally, like I pulled my groin, like. <laughs> Dude, my back like still hasn't stopped turning. I don't know. It was like well, happy cute. birthday, motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm I'm late twenties right now, and I feel like that preset fucking thirties shit. Where like shit's not fucking working the same way. Fucking it, fucking shit hurts a little bit more. Fucking I can't bounce back quite the same as I used to. Bouncing oh, back does go. take a little bit oh, more time. God, I used to be able to just it is. fucking it's the recovery. go hard. It's the recovery the time. time. Oh, oh, like me. Yeah, you'll get there. Don't worry, young Chew. No, for sure, though. It is a thing, though. I mean, like, you want to talk about, and I, I mean no disrespect to anybody, but I have been partying for a long time. Yeah. Um, and I've, I've been able to push my body to some crazy things. I definitely know my limits now. Uh, but honestly, the thing that really rings true as far as just trying to remain young is, bro, stretch. I was going to say that, stretch. Stretch. Yeah. Stretch and listen to your fucking body. Like, mm-hmm. there, there is a such thing as working out of soreness, walking it off, as they say. Yeah. But listen to your body. Be mindful. When you have aches and pains, be mindful. Give yourself uh, some time to recover because your body sends these signals for a reason. When there's pain, it's for a reason. Listen to your fucking body. Yeah. Trust that shit, man. That's what my doctor's been telling me, and I Literally. try to say to everyone. Right. Even if it's just, like, the smallest little thing in your shoulder, right. your neck, um, and, of course, it, you are what you eat. I mean, I literally was sore from eating, like, shitty. 
I don't even sure. know that's possible, but you can actually be sore from eating absolutely McDonald's. Nu- nutrient deficient, everything. Yeah, yeah, hundred percent. It affects your bowels, everything. I don't know. I have decent genetics, but I eat whatever the fuck I want to whenever. Yeah, and that's been me my entire life. But uh, the storm's coming. Yeah, the storm's coming. Yeah, Midwest is about ready to get hit with some wild storms. Bring it on. Yeah, so, so I'm from Dude, Clarksville, and, that, and we had like five tornado warnings come up on my phone. It's about to go down. Oh, crap. Hey, for real, if we all die in a tornado tonight, this is our last uh, message I'm not for dying people. for shit. Whatever, Chew, you can't. You can't fuck with Mother Nature. You better respect. I her remember her. when I felt that way, dude. Right. right you ain't yeah. killing me. Now I'm like, oh shit, you can die. Lose a couple friends. Fucking get a little bit older. <laughs> nah. Yeah. Hey, the only wait, way my, I'm dying. My kids put in perspective that way. Oh yeah, I'm going. There ain't no way I'm dying. Yo, so, suicide boy style, bro. <laughs> oh, that's the only way. One thing I just thought of before we get, we were already way off topic, but really great segue. We were talking about Jelaine Maxwell earlier. Um, if anybody has watched Dope Sick on Hulu, that show has fucked me up. I just want to briefly talk about how incredibly important it is to put what's important or what's, um, it's, it's very important to put people over profits, I guess is the main point here. Don't let greed, don't let greed overcome your moral compass. Don't let the desire to achieve your dreams uh, be a reason to step on people. If anyone's not familiar with that show, I'm not going to dive into it. You should watch it. But basically, it's about Big Pharma and how they vastly manipulated um, an entire generation of people into opioid addiction for a number of people. No, it's it's incredible. No, dude, fucking, we can get to talking about Big Pharma all day on this podcast, bro. bro. It's some of the most ridiculous. It's it's so fucked, and like, and it it literally, it's just, it's um, it goes, it goes so deep into how the FDA and the government were just paid off, paid off. Just people who were like, yeah, I'll take the big check and I'll overlook these things, and it's so devastating because you're talking about millions of people who have died or who yeah. suffer through addiction lives are lost for other people to just literally gain right. so and I that found is this it says three to 19 percent of opioid users or prescription users yes. become addicted yeah no well, it's, it's fucking opiates yeah like, well but, but the show talks about like what the what really gets you is how far they went uh-huh. to pull the veil to make people think that what they were selling oxycontin is the focus that it was not addictive. They literally went so far to make people trust their doctors. The sales reps went so far to make the doctors believe that they were giving their patients a miracle drug. Yeah. And it created an epidemic that was um, uh, actually hugely felt in the Midwest. In Cincinnati, oh, yeah, one yeah, of the Cincinnati. Cincinnati. Like, oh, everywhere. Cincinnati, well, uh, yeah, Dayton, everywhere. Dayton's literally the worst, and yeah. Cincinnati's in the top five, too. Both? Ohio and the opiates, uh, opiate epidemic runs rampant. Right. But I, th- I think and that's both, more heroin, though. No, it's, it's, it's the same thing. But opiates, opiates, they're, yeah, they're but I understand that, The yeah. thing they talk about is how it led to that. Led to that. Like, a lot of people who were on OxyContin switched to... opiate, too, like we're talking yes. about before we're trying to yes. the first, yeah. Uh, but a lot of people who are on Oxycontin for prescription reasons, like so, say for example, my father, he's a mason, so he, he he's earned his living as a construction worker, very good at what he does. He's actually what you consider an artist. He's so well sought after that people pay him great money to come do their brickwork, right? Um, but you would imagine that that's going to put a lot of strain on your body. Of course, he was prescribed opiates. I would I I don't know the exact age, probably in his early thirties. I was definitely a teenager down here in Tennessee. Um, but opiate addiction took him over, and it changed him. And they talk about it in the show, like it literally rewires your brain. Like it, uh, it's it's a complete frontal lobe. Um, it's a difference in how you think about things, and it takes. I think they say, as far as I understand, the scientific numbers are, you have to be clean for over two years for your brain to actually heal and recover. But that amount of time to be able to do that without giving in to a relapse is so incredibly tough to go through. Just, Brother, I, mean, I can speak on that. In high school, I got a strongly addicted to Vicodin. Actually, I went to a rehab for this this thing. Here. I would take oh, all, anything and every money I could find. Right. What was going to Vicodins? Oh, wow. Okay. And I'll tell and I'll tell you this: the two year thing is probably true as to where like you're not gonna like snap. Mm. But dog, that was so many years ago. Probably fuck eight years ago now, mm. and I still to this day would fucking love 
the bottle of Vicodin. That would be right. fantastic, dude. Right. It never leaves you. It, it never leaves you. It never leaves you. It's just a thing. Mm. It's uh, what they call chasing the dragon. That, yeah, that certain is. high that you can never quite achieve, mm. but you always want it. Um, and that's what's dangerous about the game that you play. Anybody who dabbles in even alcohol, any any drug. I mean, it's like, we can get. I was going to dive into that a little sure. bit too. Alcohol is the is legal, and it kills more people than fucking every other drug. Oh, dude, it's so. a it's a poison. And but, like like we can all sit here and act like fucking we don't understand what drug addiction is, but fucking if you're drinking alcohol, you're drinking a drug. Right. And right. fucking how many of y'all can say that you can put down fucking drinking right, right now? Even even oh, no, no, I can't. I can't. Even pull no. away from that. No, one, one more step. Coffee and caffeine. It's the same fucking thing. But be, but it's not as uh, there's no, there's less of a stigma. Well, there's so less of a fucking it. there's less of a fucking uh, repercussions. Repercussions. Sure. Yeah, okay. so, yeah. Sure. Yeah. Well, that's because it's socially acceptable, which gets into the fact that I mean we have some things that our government just says are okay, so we go with them. And then you got and the whole weed fucking scenario and shit like that, where right. like you, you, it's impossible to fuck over there. Right and fucking challenge accepted. It goes back into the fucking whole big pharma thing. Mm -hmm. That like the, the the reason why marijuana was made illegal back in the day, I think it was like the 30s or something like that, was because loggers didn't want to fucking keep up with the growing fucking hemp industry, so they made marijuana illegal. So that they yeah, there was a capitalistic yes. reason. There was a, right. and, that's, yes. and that's honestly as sad as it is um, when you study history, especially in political senses. It all comes back to. Who had more money to influence things at the time, and that's why we are where we are. I mean, uh, fucking, we're we're coming in this age of green energy and electric vehicles. That's not a new idea. Electric vehicles. Well, shit, Tesla, uh, Tesla I, did it way back when. Maybe not green, yeah, but like Tesla yeah, did, like right. I mean, there's people who there's examples of it throughout the uh, 20th century in the early 1900s who were doing things. Uh, Tesla's idea was to give the the world free clean energy, you know, and. Uh, I mean, Edison and the powers that be fought against that. And, and that's just could, what it was. The thing is, it could still work. Oh, 100% it could. Crazy. But it's just not profitable. So people don't do it. The, and the people that are in power lobby against it and they control our, I mean, everything. So yeah. it's just what it is. And uh, we're in a state now where um, it's basically ride it out and we see if it's going to capsize. And if it capsizes, what will come of it? Obviously, we don't want it to capsize because there'll probably be a lot of suffering from that as well but that might be the best way to make a new pet forward you know? before we get off the subject i did google about the caffeine 75 percent of people that use caffeine are addicted uh it's a very addictive thing yeah. i've got fucking i've been drinking coffee fucking i tried coffee uh when i was at allied window like halfway through so like two three years ago and now i drink it almost Daily. Yeah. On the weekends, though. Only when I'm at work. It's well, extremely the thing about coffee is, uh, like, not only is it, uh, it's something that like relates especially to like the middle and lower class. Like, not only is it addictive and helps to get you going in the morning, but it curbs your appetite. So you have a lot of people who are stuck in a routine who are overweight, right? So they use coffee as an abusive thing to curb their appetite. Yeah, to not but it can also mornings. be used right. beneficially. Just want oh, to talk about sure. I used to use it with intermittent fasting when I was doing that and shit like that. Yeah. Like well, I, I would schedule my days around fucking eating in the middle of my like day, right. and then because when you sleep, I wake up in the morning. I don't fucking I'm not hungry when I wake up in the morning. So what I would do is schedule my fucking sleep cycle right in between the two periods of day that I wouldn't fucking eat, mm -hmm. and then I would eat for those six hours. Yeah. Or yeah, and I would use coffee in the morning to kind of curb to it. help curb it. Yeah. yeah, for sure. And that also touches on. I mean, this is a an ancient philosophical point. I mean, we're going back to Aristotle, who says everything in moderation can be good because it can be mm -hmm. if you do it in moderation. The problem is we're all human, we're all fallible, and we have a very hard time remaining in that balance. Moderate. And that and that comes with. I mean, think about like all the things we have to do on a day to day basis. We have so many things that we're doing that we're worrying about. How often can we actually sit within ourselves and worry about our mental health? It does not happen often. Not enough. No. It doesn't happen often. It doesn't happen often. There's, there's, no, there's nothing to gain societally from that. So, well, I mean, actually there is. But the people, unfortunately, that hold the power, they don't gain from that. So, you know, that's why we have the 40-hour mandatory work week and five-day work week. That's, I mean, things are trying to shift, but we are stuck in this thing where... We are literally subjugating the middle and lower class because it benefits the people at the top. And that's just the way it is. I mean, people argue against it. 
which is funny because it's usually people who are also struggling with it, but it is, it is what it is. Yeah, man. It's a crazy world that we fucking live in, especially when it comes to bullshit like that, man. Fucking. But, well, you say the crazy world, like, the world, it's never been better. People, right. right society, That's a good point, yeah, too. It's, it's, been, it's been pretty tragic in a lot of times. Uh, like, yeah. pretty fucked up. Almost yeah. everything leading up to now. And now, yeah, we're finding a comfortable spot with this this medium you're talking about. Or, For like, sure. you know. Could, mean, it could definitely be better. Right. If we think about it, a century ago and 80 years ago, we were at fucking complete war. Right. Like, the entire world. Everybody, yeah. Fucking at war and shit yeah. like that. So, fucking living where we're at now, where they fucking even had, they have not had a declaration of war since, I think it was the Korean War or whatever, mm. where we live in these fucking conflicts and stuff like that. Fucking, conflicts, yeah. I mean, you can, you can say whatever you want. I know you're a military guy, and you might not want to get into this shit. Or, well, that's or fine. I like to talk about it. I, well, a lot of the shit that, I, I was saying this to my buddies the other day. I was like, the, the military uh, definitely does um, institute things in young people and it is a form of brainwashing and stuff like that but it's called indoctrination but at the same time that is completely necessary to keep our lives right now fucking the way that they are how it is that and me and jack had a conversation at a festival about this indoctrination you know he's kind of take a stance against it but the thing is, is i know so many people and myself included that were going down the fucking drain like it was death or prison, and period. Mm-hmm. And you know, and the army has saved us. And whether you know they indoctrinate us or not, because I've and def- a, lot, a lot of those people who are in those situations or whatever, they probably did not have the discipline in their lives in their early lives None. that the fucking military will offer them. And the military does a good job of breaking you down sure. and building you back up sure. and molding you into what you need to be to be a premier soldier. One hundred percent. That is my favorite thing about the military that I'm so appreciative of. I had zero self-control and zero fucking re- discipline. And now, I'm probably one of the more disciplined people That's awesome. th- that you know. No, Yeah, for sure. You, have your, you, you know. have your ebbs and flows, but you absolutely are. You take care of yourself, and, and that's taught you that. 100%. Yeah. So, yeah. you know, and then, like, about the whole, like, conflicts thing, I don't know if I, I'm pretty sure I can say this. I, I don't think that necessarily we fight... For Americans, we we do in the long run. We fight for America. It's all profit. Yeah, it's it's for our benefit. I mean, it's for if, our wanna, ben- if y'all want to talk about like, just let the man talk. talk. Let the man talk. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, it's true. Sorry. So sure, it is for benefit of us, one hundred percent. Everything we do, but a lot of people can see the negative part, like oh, like this is all you're doing, and it's all for profit. But at the same time, they haven't actually been there to the places we are and see the difference we're making in these people's lives. True. Right, so we pulled out of Afghanistan. Did you see what the fuck happened to them? Like, a month after pulling out, not even? It was the day of, bro. It was crazy. Yeah. So, like, people want to try to tell me, and, you know, like, we're out there fighting for humanity at the very least, and if we benefit from it, I mean, that, that you can have different opinions, but at least we're fighting for humanity and saving people's lives. I mean, but at the same I, time, the, the United States government is probably benefiting, but benefiting off leaving all the weapons and fucking all that shit to Al-Qaeda when they left and stuff like that. Well, also, if, I mean, I don't want to get too deep into this, but like, if you're going to talk about the Middle East and our our, our uh, impact on it, you have to go way back to like the 70s and late 60s where we literally were uprooting um their leadership to benefit us that's that's there there is it's it's a generational impact now you can't blame the counterculture for the way they feel about us for the impact we've had on them you just can't you just can't you just you you just can't you know like it's just it is what it is you know but i mean and they're they're over there they're third world countries and stuff like that and they don't necessarily have the fucking systems built into them to make them what they need to be and we come over and we give them all this stuff and then one day we just pull the fuck out and expect them to be able to fucking deal with that shit like there's a reason why the fucking state of this state has the middle east has been at war for thousands of fucking years there's a reason why that happens. To think that we can go in to fucking Afghanistan and fucking make a change, it's kind of ridiculous. Well, so, so, and so, I mean, if you want to talk about like how we profited from that, it would be because 90% of the world's heroin trade comes out of the country of Afghanistan. Illegal heroin trade. So I can't speak to the economic thing about it. 
But I will tell you this: while we were there, Kabul is their their what is it? Their capital. Yeah. Okay. And while we were there, Kabul was considered to all Afghani's is the safe place to be, and then for that reason, it's one of the highest growing cities in the world because it was considered the safe haven. Like you, you can go there and not worry about who's going to come, you know, and kill your family. Yeah. Essentially. And it fell within that. Within that, so I, I, I really can't speak on the economic value, but I can I can at least speak on on like the human yeah. I mean, value. that is one thing that I will say about it. Like, I mean, is our government profiting from it? Sure, but are we making differences where we go to? Sure. Well, when we had that the the war in Ukraine, we we settled that problem. After that, it, they've been fighting Ukraine and Russia. Okay, well now that's a very recent topic. But when but it was back well, in the that, 90s. That's been going on for a while, dude. Because I remember fucking Russia was moving fucking troops to them. How long was it? Like five years back or some shit? Yeah, bro. But they were. It's they, been going on for a while. They weren't invading. And they're in. That's a weird situation. I'm kind of worried about that situation myself. Well, I mean, that's been one thing that's fucking worried me for fucking pretty much my entire life. Fucking. Everyone likes to think that the United States is like this untouchable fucking. Empire and shit like that because we spend uh, we spend twice as much as the next nine fucking uh, military forces behind us and shit on fucking arming ourselves. But like, you have to take a look at like Russia; they own the most nukes out of any fucking country. Mm-hmm. And fucking, you look at the terrain that they live in; it's fucking a lot of it's like Iceland. It's stretched out. It's mountainous. It's fucking very hard to fight on and shit like that. Nobody and they goes are, there. They're, they're, yeah, they're 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 a fucking powerhouse too. You lose. They're, they're trained. Their soldiers are arguably as trained, if not more trained than ours. And it's like right. we've been at war with them. And they're actually incredibly cool. like more indoctrinated than we are. Like Mother Russia is a real beat in thing. One hundred percent. And also, like even outside of Russia, they're not like even the biggest. Like, <laughs> well, China, China, bro, China. Like China is leaps and bounds technologically more. Like they're becoming more military advanced than we are, and like it's a scary thing because. And it is uh, actively I, known that fucking, like, Russian and fucking Chinese, like, hackers and shit are purposely breaking into right. fucking... Yeah, like... Well, the the thing is, is, like, okay, so imagine you're the big bully on the block. And this is something I've been talking about for years, right? So you're the, you're the person who dictates what happens because you're the biggest and strongest. So what happens when that bully slips, right? What happens when they have um, a moment of weakness? You have these allies as we have them, Right. But when you have this moment of weakness, what's to say that the other people who are against you don't call on these so-called allies and be like, hey, look, this is your chance to not be the, well, the little it's, brother? Well, it's because right? of the UN. Right. And, it, and it's because and the UN is generally entirely controlled by the United States. Like We, we fund so much of the entire European military also. A lot of people don't know that. We fund these things, but we have a the, fiat currency that is falling. In a global economy. No, we have a fiat currency that is falling in a global economy. Our dollar means very little compared to what it did we in the 90s, the especially. We haven't been on the gold standard for a minute. No. Our fucking money is based on fucking what the government tells us its value. Literally. like we, and we, we're, we're in incredible debt to so many others. Um, it's just like that whole, that whole we're funding thing is becoming... Um, it's becoming less and less important because, I mean, we just... I don't know. It's just... It, well, like, why... Why I said that was because you brought the point like people think that America is just like it's an indomitable, yeah. you know, thing. But and it's, I mean, it's we not are. Just, it's let's yep. not let's we, not get that fucking we, fucked up. We are. Quick. We we're 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 top we dog when it comes. Also have like half the world on our side as well. So it's not just like America on our side yeah, though. Like, but well, that, I mean, that that's what I'm saying about on our side is like you, they're only on our side because it. It behooves them to to uh, be on our side. Do they really actually want to be on our side, or is it just benefit them to be like, oh yeah, we get your back? Yeah, they but do. when, they but, do when the, but when the, that we send their, their, their third world countries and then their second world countries. Sure, sure. But what happens if, um, let's just say for like a complete hypothetical, that something were to happen, like an actual launch or an attack on American ground, where we showed weakness, where we were having to respond. What do you actually believe that these people would have our back or not be like, oh, this is our chance to topple the one? 
Right. And that's what I'm well, saying by that. That's what I'm saying by I that. I think we viewed these things in the past with our fucking relationships with some of these countries. And yeah, then, these these bonds have been made over fucking they're made. Uh, over I don't know. A long time. Okay, think about. Now, okay, think about. Wait, hang it on. all comes down to benefit. It does. Sure. And if it does benefit them to fucking right. not support us, but that's what we do. We fucking right. we're, we're even though we are trillions of do- dollars in debt, mm-hmm. we still fucking hold the most fucking power in this world right now. Because of our military, militaristically, uh, for sure. Yes. For sure. But that is quickly shifting. Yeah, that's quickly shifting. That's quickly it, shifting. It, it, it can be argued. We and are. Be- I'm not. We are I'm, becoming less and less welcome in many places. Yeah. Many places, and it's like I mean, honest, and I'm not. I'm not for any of it. But for example, but at like at the same uh, time, you can you can say that about Russia and China. No, absolutely. Well, like okay, say for example, like China is a perfect example. Like yeah, uh, China they're, is they're, fucking breaks fucking UN Treaty of Versailles shit like no, all the time. Bro. But they're they're literally doing something completely different, and they're growing exponentially from it. They're subjugating their people for it. I'm not. I'm not happy about it. Like it sucks. Like there are people. There they have a lower class who literally like. Uh, I mean, everything about their lives is Dude, very. Have, it's very dictated. You, it's very different. China and look at like like apparently they have a problem at like their Apple mm-hmm. manufacturing plants and shit like that, where they have to put like nets up around the building because these people are working in sweatshops 14 hours a day living in a cubicle with fucking they give them three other people give them absolutely nothing working for a dollar a day they so dictate everything all the time. they dictate everything yeah. they dictate how many kids they get everything all right but, all right all right they are making incredible strides for it okay like, it sucks we can talk about china for years we get it let's bring it back around all right. Slow it down real we quick. We should actually get off the political concept. So, we'll talk about this forever. Okay. I'm down with it. I don't know. I don't know. No, no. I'll bring it back to this. So you guys know Michael Strahan, NFL player, whatever. That was they're a sweet segue. Bro, I love it, though. They're, <laughs> sending, they're sending this man to space, y'all. Strahan's going to wait. space? Yeah, tomorrow. Michael Strahan? Uh, what is space? Who? Wait, 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 wait. Who? What company? Uh, what is company? this space or is this I, like that I, fucking Red Bull? He was, no, he was, he was sitting with Bezos. Asking Musk. Oh, it's okay. got to be Musk, but he was sitting with Bezos. They're gonna lock him up. In the I'm actually see- really glad we're talking about Musk because we should. Let's expand from the, all the bullshit Please. country politics. Let's, way, go, let's go to global. Country. Let's go to global unification and what we can do to get off our planet because we fucked it. Oh, we did. So where are we gonna go from here? Did, well, did you guys hear about this a few months ago? They sent the first civilian like launch to space. The t- Musk did that. Wait, said, really? Yeah. Yeah. It was. It was some billionaire. Hit did up, you know about that? No, yeah, it, was some, it was some billionaire hit up Musk and was like, "What's this idea?" Because you know Musk's idea is to to be able to send people to space and like, yeah. you know, like commercially. And him up is like, "Hey, dog, I'll buy the whole motherfucking rocket, and it's just let me pick the the civilians that I want to go, mm-hmm. and let's do it." And they did it. It was it was the billionaire. It was some teacher that's like super supportive and a couple other cats, dude. They sent him there. Yeah. I want to know about straight going to space. Or, or has yeah, it not uh, happened yet? Well, you kind of you kind of set that one in a fucking direction. Dude. Well, no, it's a big deal, and not a, this no, is what it is, dude. I'm all for. So this is what I think that is most impressive. Not only are they sending him to space, but he's going to be back to commentate on Sunday, the next day. So, like, imagine going to space. It sounds like one of those deals where they're not necessarily sending him to space, though. Like, you know how they had that Red Bull New Year's jump and shit like that? Yeah. They just kind of put them in, like, the lower stratosphere. Or well, those civilians, I'm pretty sure, went to the this, the Center of International Space Center and back. Like, like they Where went, are y'all getting this information? Because I'm a fucking astro-fucking nerd. Put and, like, in civilians to space Tesla, or not Tesla, Musk. Well, what this is what I know. What do I have to do to get up there? Dude. I've actually said it on the podcast. Right, my let's top, make it happen. Top goal on my bucket list of all time. It Step foot on another planet. It could be in our realm of existence, or like our lifetime. It could. Though. It could. We're sending fucking uh, missions to Mars and stuff like that, and that's another planet. Fucking like, bro, and fucking people are always like. Well, would you just throw your life away like that? And I was like, to have the opportunity to step foot on another planet. At that yeah. point, you'd be a Martian. Yeah. That would be so dope. Can you imagine? Can you imagine? No, I can't. Taking fucking another step onto it. And And then fucking like thousands of years from now, that'll just be normal to people. I'm I'm here for it. I think think it's sooner than we think. The idea is to help with 
the Earth's population. Like we can go populate another world. Or, or, oh, yeah, or that that that's the whole thing with like sp space exploration and stuff is to look at what we've done to our own planet and seeing like what's going on and seeing if we can go to another place and fucking make it make it better so we can fucking evolve from there or whatever. It would be all indoors though. I don't know. I couldn't do it myself. I'd love the trees I'd do it too much. I'd do it in a second. Yeah, yeah actually, this sense. this brings up... So, uh, back in 2010, there was a project. Some of you guys may know about it. It was called Mars One, right? And it was uh, incredibly underfunded, and it was much more imagination and dream than actual um, anything backing it. But the whole idea was it was the first um, civilian-planned project to send uh, people to Mars. Mm -hmm. Back in 2010, it was before I had my son. Uh, I was lacking direction. I had just uh, <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> had a big injury to my knee. I was. Uh, Is this when you thought about joining the Navy? Yeah, it was right around the time. Yeah, so uh, I was kicked off the football team at Austin P. I I thought I was going to be a professional football player, so then that was gone. So I was like, you know what? Fuck it. I've always wanted to go to space. But Mars One was the uh, original thing where they were going to send civilians to, place, uh, to space, and I sent in an application. Uh, but yeah. Anyway, uh, w would you guys would you guys go to be the first that's people what, to colonize the planet? That's what we no. were just talking about. Yeah, I, I, I do it in a second. second. Yeah. Are you right now? Even right now? Well, fucking, I'll kill myself to go sit and fucking stay on the fucking planet. To Mars, bro. I've told it. I've told it on the fucking podcast before. My biggest bucket list is to step foot on another planet. Like, sure, life, sure. Life Fuck the repercussions. Life would be man. easy out there. You'd be. It'd be a whole thing. Right. I, I couldn't do it, dude. I love planet. In my so. Religiously speaking, in my opinion, Mother Earth is is my God, right. and, I, and I understand like you know there's so many different things you say, but like, well, if a person deeply believes something, that is their reality. Like, like yeah, if, yeah if, sure. if, if perception, you, perception. Like, yeah. If, yeah, if you believe sure. deeply, like I'm gonna die and go to heaven, bro. You probably are, because yeah. you're gonna die, and that's what you believe. Maybe you know. Depends on what consciousness does after, but yeah, well, I, get yeah what whatever, I do right? get what you're saying. But I truly believe Mother Earth is my God because she's yeah. provided everything for every everything. Sure, yeah. you know, and do we you, treat you her like shit. Do you understand? Come here, bitch. You ever? <laughs> <laughs> do you know the uh, panpsychism? You ever heard of that? Negative. So panpsychism is the uh, the idea that every like it's a, an expanded idea that every piece of matter has um, a sentient consciousness right okay, okay so but blown up to a degree like so for example loose there chewy every <laughs> every celestial body so earth mars Mercury, all of them have their own consciousness right um so by if you were to believe in that for example right like say mother earth is your god right why couldn't another celestial body be is what i'm saying right there there so like say for example mother earth is going through a great um even though right now we're struggling right mm -hmm. Mother Earth has been coming through a uh, a great up period in her time, right? She's thriving. Everything's growing on her. But what if Mars is just the adverse of that, right? What if Mars is struggling right now but can still sustain life, blah, blah, blah. You know what, you know what I'm saying? Ooh, like, so, like, so. yeah, but it doesn't mean that polytheism isn't... Panpsychism. Right, right, but you're saying... No, well, okay, I'm changing. I'm changing it. Well, okay, what you're saying is so that Mars could also be a god. Yeah, well, is what you're saying. So what I'm saying is polytheism isn't necessarily like. Does it? You said this goes down to like the whole fucking theory that like the universe is conscious and stuff like that. Sure. Well, it's it's the theory that everything uh, with a degree of matter has some degree. So of, some I, degree so of you know, and, and I 100 believe in that, and I'll tell you why. Sure. Because of those those are what they call them, water bears, and like even just mi microbes. Sure. Tardigrades, baby. Tardigrades, bro. <laughs> even just microbes, right? They yeah. have a, they have a you full they have a full fucking yeah, life, beast. a full fucking life that they that they do and live and they all these things. Right. Right. So. Of course, every piece of matter has life. Right. Right. So, right. I think I, it's more of a level of not life but consciousness. Well, it also comes down to your, what's your criteria? Defining you define life. life. Yes. Exactly. Yeah. Like, I mean, if if your description of life or your criteria of life is simply the ability to survive and procreate, then I mean, that's a fuck. That's a line that you got to go real far back to define. Well, I think that's you what know? you're saying, though. Any piece of matter has life. That's what you're talking about. Sure. Anything that can exist, because every single piece has atoms and molecules that do live and can die. Carbon, so, baby. Right. Right. So, Fucking carbon. So I think <laughs> you kind of. I think carbon. I think you almost kind of like prove what I'm trying to say. Yeah. Right. Everything does have life. Sure. And. Well, these are things that fucking we really don't know. And probably 
won't know any time in our lifetimes and stuff like that. What one of my shit that makes yeah. me fucking ponder and keeps me up at night. Right. It see that's the thing. I used to do that in high school. And that was like a big cause of like my depression. It was like no, everything means nothing. That's not what was in right there. Right. I mean. Well, I mean, it, it, does shit it, really regard, mean anything? Di- re- re- disregarding that. I fucking lost my kind of train of thought. If everything. If everything means nothing, and you have the, this gift of life to where you can have meaning to things, mm-hmm. well, bro, the, then hold that. Like that's that I, is the meaning of life. Just I, having it. I always tell people the meaning of life is to give life meaning. Sure. Because like you that. are you, you you are living your fucking life, so give right. it fucking meaning. Does it mean anything to anybody else? Right. No, it doesn't. I'm just being real. Right. It fucking doesn't. But if it means something to you, and it's something that helps you sleep at night, and it's something that gets you through the fucking day. Well, that's what's so cool about to, humans. To a degree, though, if I may touch on that, though, like uh, the whole idea behind um, how insignificant we are, which I love that thought. It's actually something that brought me a great degree of peace in my younger years when I a used lot of things were tough. Freak out about it. Well, used to, I, like, yeah, mind racing, fucking, I, fucking, uh, heart pumping through the fucking chest, like, dude, what are we? It used to really give me comfort just realizing how insignificant my choices were in the grand scheme, because I understood just how small we were. But did that give you a sense of irresponsibility? Like, I don't have to be responsible for things? Sure, that's where it could go, right? That's where it could go, because then it's like, well, I could do anything, what does it matter? But, actually, that's where you get into chaos theory, and the fact is, is, Every decision you make does have an impact. How small it may be, whatever. But every decision you make has an impact. And that's why it's important to make good decisions. And that's what I try to teach people is, um, though I don't believe in destiny, I don't believe in any of that shit, um, it's important to make good decisions because the things that you do and say have a ripple effect into the world. And it does have an impact on people you may know or may not know. And it could impact how they make decisions. And that's why it's important to step with mindfulness. 